Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show with your boy Al. And this is Kevin. And this is Nick. What's hey. going on, guys? I guess it's just the three amigos, man. Oh, no, gentlemen. Yep. late. Right. <laughs> Bags and all. You got got to make an appearance, you know. What's happening, man? What's going on, people? I'm energized. I'm ready. I missed the show. I got my look at my check. My check was docked a couple of dollars. I know y'all gonna hit me up like that. Bring no. Hey, Nick, man, I definitely want to give you uh, a shout-out, man, for um, your guest that we had last week on our Black Gun Ownership Part 2 show, uh, Mr. Jeff Huller. Great information, man. We definitely appreciate you for uh, yes. recommending him to come on the show. Yeah, man, I, I, I talked to Jeff this week, man. He was like, he was like, he hoped that he, uh, you know, that he made us proud and gave some good information. And I told him, you know, definitely come back anytime. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow the spot up on the office. But uh, Jeff made, he's already run for office before. But uh, he looks like he may be running mm-hmm. for office again in 2021. So, uh, oh. you know, I definitely want to keep, uh, you know, keep everybody abreast of what he's got going on, man. He's a really, really good, solid guy, man. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. Very uh, he definitely sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So. And uh sound like a straight I didn't listen to that show, man. Yeah. Man, we have we had some great we had some great uh listeners on that show, man, as far as people listen to that show, man. That was a great download show. Uh we had that I didn't call it at the end of the show. Um, did we ever figure out who he was? And that's another thing. Uh which no. probably you know, we definitely gonna talk about on the show today, you know. Cause to me that sounded like a, a agent to me, maybe. Somebody spying on what we're trying to do, listening, man, because he did not sound relevant. I looked up his information. I couldn't find anything, bro. 
I typed it in all type of ways in Google and searched YouTube and still could not find anything. So I don't know what that was. Mm. Weird. <laughs> Weird. I say let oh, him hey, man. Eat him for breakfast. Right. Yeah. Nah, nah. He asked to that. invite us on his show. Remember? Ah. Uh, yeah. 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 So I mean, but the information uh, that he gave, man, it's not as it like it don't exist, bro. So I don't know. Well, you know, the thing is, he may be a legitimate show. Maybe he was nervous and gave us the wrong information. So he might be listening today. You never know. Because a lot of people did find us through that, uh, you know, through those links and, and where we post our shows up. That's, you know, like if you're out there listening right now and you want to share the show, please do it. Yeah, we definitely appreciate yeah. all our callers and listeners. Yeah, and, I was just about to know, say. Like, yeah. You know. Even the ones we got on Yeah. <laughs> one uh, one thing and, and really spoke about in a while uh, we're approaching 1,000 members on our Facebook page so if you know anybody that needs to join you want to record to the Middleman Talk Show Facebook page please do we're, we're at 1,000 mark you know we, we're at 800 basically but I want to be positive and say we're going to be at 1,000 real soon anybody oh, yeah. want to recommend shoot them our way let them know that we are here. Mm-hmm. So Nick, and we got man, a lot of know, content that we don't good. cover on the show that's right. on our Facebook page as well. A lot of extra content. So we want to make sure, you know, like we try to give as much value as possible. So everybody make sure that if you want to catch just some more content that the middlemen, you know, talk about that's not on the show every week, please head over to the Facebook page. And join. Hit like, man. Yes, sir. So, but, uh, Nick, I don't know if you, um, did you watch a lot of the Democratic Convention this week, man? Oh, man, I watched the entire thing. I did, did you, too. You, I did, yeah, too. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of surprised that I actually, you know, made it through, you know, a lot of some of the, you know, the speeches, you know, some people I didn't want to hear, but, you know, some people, I, you know, I was really looking forward to listening to. Um, was there like anybody who really, you know, surprised you or was there anybody that felt like, you know, you knew that this was gonna be a slam dunk? Uh, <clears throat> well of course I knew that uh President Obama was gonna knock it out the park. There was just you know Correct. Uh I, I don't I can't think of too many speeches that he's done that haven't been just truly exceptional. Um, and this is going to sound crazy, and I know we're, we're really polarized on, on our presidential candidate, Joe Biden. But i got to say, man, I think that he really knocked out his speech. You know, there were some con- you know some concerns, because, you know, Joe can go off right. the rails. He can say some right. stuff that makes it just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this dude, you know. But uh, I think he did a really good job of conveying his message. I think they did a beautiful tribute to uh, the late Rep. John Lewis. They did a beautiful tribute to Joe Biden's son, Bo. Um, I think uh, yeah. I, I got I, I was really pleased. It was a very well put together, um, very well put together uh, convention. I think that there was some controversy on the whole thing with AOC, and I think this kind of goes back to uh, you know where we have a lot of people who are new to the political process, and so for her mm. 
where they had her second the nomination for Bernie Sanders, that is standard at the at the DNC. That's a part of the rule. Right. Bernie had delegates, so those delegates needed to be acknowledged and announced, as well as right. a nomination and a second for him. It's been going on as long as the DNC has been going on. So, you know, so I I don't think they did the best job of letting people know that beforehand. And I think because it was a situation, we know how vocal a Bernie supporter the AOC is. That you know it led it was it was kind of a clickbait moment, but uh, but you know other than that, I, I think it was great. I think it's going to be interesting seeing the RNC coming up this week. Oh yeah, six <laughs> of the twelve keynote speakers are Trumps, right? And uh, right. You oh, know, you got you talking about his sons and family, all of his children, pretty much his wife and him. Wow. Of the twelve. That's, that's going to be pure speakers, trash. Yeah, of the twelve speakers, six of them are are, are Trump. Uh, both Tim Scott, uh, you know, black Republican from South Carolina, is slated to speak. He was trending this week because everybody was like, "Dang, his, his one black friend is going to be <laughs> going to be right. speaking <laughs> uh, this week." And then uh, Candace Owens was uh, also has is still trending right now because uh, she wasn't invited to speak at all. So. Oh I'm wow! Surprised. What about uh? Like, I'm really surprised what about those about two? Say again. Uh, what was his name? Silk and Diamond. Oh well, you know Diamond and Silk are gonna be nowhere they, near. They, they done. Yeah, they yeah, done. They, done. they got fired from Fox News. Like yeah, correct. He, he was done with them. Yeah, just like he does everybody. The just time like is the Republican up. Party did Stacey Dash. Yeah, you know, once he's done, you know. Right. What about those black preachers that was praying over him? Oh, they ain't, ain't going to get to say crap. <clears throat> you know. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, he was actually, there was a, a couple of leaked audios about that this week. Uh, one where he mm. was, um, it was leaked where he was saying essentially that uh, he thanked a lot of his presidency to black voters who didn't turn out. He didn't vote. Not thank, right. he, he didn't thank the ones that voted for him. He thanks the he thanks the ones who didn't turn out to vote. So I want everybody out there right. who is like, oh man, I'm not gonna vote. I'm not. I want you to think about that. He was counting on you not voting. Correct. So. Correct. Something to think about. And he's looking forward, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's looking forward to it again. Yeah. So, ain't nobody studying that orange Cheeto, you uh, 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 orangutan looking, uh, no hairpiece having. Long necktie, big baggy suit, playing golf all the time, ain't studying America. Ugly sock wearing, ugly wife, ugly house. He done messed up the White House. Ain't nobody studying that, dude. Let it uh, go. Jaheem is. Maybe Jaheem, Jaheem's going to vote for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's looking like a whole bomb. Appreciate you, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's another discussion. Um, but yeah, we definitely want to thank all our listeners and followers of listening to the Middleman Talk Show today. We have a great show planned for you guys. Um, I also want to throw something else out there too. If you guys have not watched Lovecraft Country, the first episode yet, check it out. Check I've it been out, meaning man. to get to that uh, one. I, I've seen all the promos yeah, and everything, um, so I've been meaning to catch that one. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the future of black media. Topic of today's discussion, right? So the future of black media from the Chicago Defender, 
leading the great migration from the South to the Alabama State University campus newspaper, spreading the word of the Montgomery Boys Boycott. Black media has always been at the forefront of every major movement for black people in America. Over recent years, we've seen a heavy divestment from advertisers and also consumers in black media. Generational publications such as Ebony and Jet Magazine have also disappeared from the spotlight. So what we want to target today is where do we go from here? Is black media still relevant in today's society? How can we put the pressure on companies to advertise with black media? What accountability do we as as consumers have to finance black media? And what is the future of how people will consume black media? We definitely want to hear your thoughts and concerns about the topic today. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, the number to dial in and and, uh, to uh, place your comment is 516-387-1542. Press the number one on your phone. Again, that number is 516 387-1542 387-1542 Press the number one on your phone And we'll definitely get to you um, But we are a part of black media We, you know, I feel like the three of us Are a part of the history with black media We've, we've all worked In aspects of You know, such as working for the magazine Like the New Power magazine um, Nick, you've also done a lot of great things As well um, Like we're a part of that history as well too. Like Like that driving force Because I remember a time when it was so many independent black-owned magazines that was that like you could just just go and grab a whole bundle. But when yeah. the internet phase came in, and when you know there wasn't a demand for paper products or paper uh, sources, like a lot of those you know publications that we knew, right? Those independent companies, like some either went away or went to YouTube, but they went to a different platform. That necessarily you don't own that platform, right? Because YouTube, we don't own the platform. You can say you own your channel, but you don't own that platform versus when we had our own platform. So where do we go from here, bro? Like, how can we get back, like, like get that drive and get that, you know, that hunger for wanting to get the next Ebony Source XXL magazine and read about it, man, and, and get the information that we want? So it's a lot to unpack there, uh, Al. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, you got to think about. <clears throat> so you got to think about the the four types of media that you can consume. There's mm-hmm. TV, radio, print, and digital, right? Mm-hmm. Three of those. Well, really, two of those four have been hit the hardest. Right. Uh, being mm-hmm. print and um, TV, and then you still have radio that is. It's only really booming because radio is still free, right? But even with right. that, you have a lot of companies going out of business. Um, you have a lot of companies being mm-hmm. absorbed. Um, iHeartRadio has been, has in its different versions, has been sold and gone into bankruptcy several times. You know, there are nearly 6,000 commercial FM radio stations in the United States, but only 68 of them are black-owned. Right. Right? So, so even with that, our... Our space in it is limited. Now, there's a difference between black-owned and black-targeted, and I think that's something that 
we get a little confused from time to time. It's like, oh, okay, well, this mm. is black. You know, they play hip-hop on this station. Yeah, but it's owned by iHeart. It's owned by Cox or Cumulus or whatever. Correct. It is. Right? Correct. It's not a black-owned station. It's black-targeted. Same thing. Mm-hmm. So as technology changes, uh, you know, we have to switch more to digital, um, which I think that we have done. The problem is now is in the process because there are not too many of us that are conglomerates or there's not been a lot of mergers and acquisitions that we don't get a, a large share of the advertising, right, which is the right. lifeblood. You know, advertising subscriptions are the lifeblood of media. And because of that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just leaves a bunch of, uh, you know, I don't want to call it just all independent contractors, but in a sense independent contractors to where, you know, we're only getting a small portion of the market share and not really, you know, just breaking in. Um, to your point, I, I can remember that too because I was a magazine buyer, right, like so, if it's a right, black magazine, yeah. I'm buying it, you know, and because that's how I grew up in my house. You, know, you come into my house when I was a kid, you had Ebony and Jet, mm-hmm. you had uh, like you always had Jet, and I think it, it, if we didn't have it on our walls, we yeah. at least knew one person that had all the Jet beauties of the week pasted on their walls, Correct. and you got it every week, right? right? But you know, yeah. it was like Black Enterprise, and, and even for me, like I, I would have Savoy Magazine and King Magazine and all these other types of, uh, of black media, the Source and Vibe. And we just we've lost them over the years, and it's, but it's it's been like that for a while. You know, I'm actually reading a book on the Chicago Defender, and I don't think people really realize how important the Chicago Defender was. Yeah. This was a Chicago newspaper that that had distribution all over the country. It was actually banned in right. a lot of places mm-hmm. in the South. You know, there were places in Mississippi where you could be arrested if you had the Chicago mm-hmm. Defender because it was telling people, listen, there are factory jobs in in Milwaukee, right. Wisconsin, and Detroit, and Chicago, and St. Louis, you know, the, you need to, you know, you can leave the sharecropping South and come up here and establish a middle class mm-hmm. lifestyle. And they were like, wait a minute, hold on, we can't let this happen. These people are, but that was just one of, at the time, there were 10,000 black newspapers, right? And so we've always been able to control our narrative into a certain point. But I think as we have become more and more consumers, and, and not really invested in the information. I think it's because we, you know, we feel like we've made it to a point. Um, you know, we just want, we don't care about where the information comes from. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, we we don't care yeah. about it. No, it's, it, just it's fine, it. man. Right. I support black business because mm-hmm. I watch BET. Well, BET is, is owned by Viacom. It's not, not black owned anymore. Right. <laughs> you get what you I mean? Okay. So I think where we go from here is a conscious effort to actually really mm-hmm. dig in and focus on black-owned media because black-owned media, the larger these companies become, the more black people they can employ, the more they can actually what? come up with a with an infrastructure that has sustainable employment and ownership options for us as black people in America. Right. So let me let me ask you all this because you know we we all know that we need to support you know our own y'all know that we need to support you know our brothers and sisters out here but how can we get it to the standpoint of like like how some people view gucci as a luxurious brand right but when you talk about like other black brands like like some of our people don't view it the same way and i like i really also feel like that that could be part of the downfall of you know, like certain companies with like the lack of like the lack of the support, because like if we 
if we revered like some of the like the products that we put out as like how they revered you know Nike, Gucci, and all those different companies that you know we don't necessarily own, would that change the you know the concept of you know what we're trying to do? Um, I feel like this man. You got to think about how long we've been conditioned to think the way that we think. So it's not an That's overnight true. solution, and I know I know that you're not suggesting that. Uh, the main Correct. thing is you have to realize that it takes steps at a time. Just like uh, think about how long it took us to embrace FUBU and why did we embrace FUBU. It mm-hmm. was because of our entertainment and our uh, quote-unquote stars that actually promoted the pro- product and the brand to make us want to buy it. The yeah, same way with the consumption yeah. of mm-hmm. black colleges. Think about right. it. You had a lot of people uh, back in the mid-90s pushing black colleges. Like, we always talk about one show. What is that? Uh, with Hillman on it. Uh, uh, a Different World. A Different, a different World. world. Mm-hmm. We always talk about that being an inspiration to push black people to go to college. And black colleges, really. So when you think about it, we are visual creatures. We already know this. And the thing is, the more we see us supporting us, that will right. lead to us supporting us. So at the end of the day, if we want to see that, we have to put ourselves in a position to accept these mm-hmm. the, the product, the, the media. Because uh, just like I was talking about black media today, the thing is, like Nick said, a lot of us truly don't know who owns what. Most people thought black uh, black entertainment was black entertainment owned. It's not. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So... That, that's one of the aspects that we really have to dissect and kind of figure out how to put ourselves in a position to truly untangle this mind state that we have at this time in this point of our lives. Can, can I? Okay. Can I go ahead and address the elephant in the room? Go ahead. Please. Go ahead. Bro. The first thing we have to do is we have to get over the need. And I know that we have listeners to of this show of all races. So please don't take any offense to this. We've got to get over the need for white validation. Mm. Mm. Let's just let's yes. call it. I mean, face. I mean. So let me let me put it into perspective, so that because I, I don't think a lot of people just like really know the, the history of the middleman outside of what we put out in terms of content. When I met when I first met Kev, it was in what was it, Kev? Two thousand five, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Tallahassee uh, At TJ's DJ's uh, conference Right At the time Kevin and Al were pushing New Power Magazine um, At the time I was a writer for the whole magazine Which was based in um, Huntsville, Alabama mm-hmm. Now I can't speak for y'all But I know one of the challenges That I had When it came to promoting the magazine for uh, Promoting the whole Was that if it didn't look like cosmopolitan or people mm, yep. or complex, yep. <laughs> people were like, yep. man, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. It, it, you know, kind of, now, mind you, real. magazines like and, and and I'm not I'm not going to get into the whole thing about ozone because I think ozone, even though it wasn't black owned, ozone did a lot for the culture. But magazines like New Power and the whole. And, and and so many and Grip magazine, mm-hmm. these magazines were putting 
first, the magazines themselves were quality. That's the first thing. And when I say quality, I'm not just talking about the content. I'm talking about the print. The print was actual quality. But these magazines were putting the artists that we consider legendary now, they were putting them in these spotlights way before Mm -hmm. mainstream picked them up. Right? Mm -hmm. So if everybody just said, well, I don't know, man, you know, it it don't look like... Say again. Nick, you just blew my mind. So basically, I'm not saying this is what you just... I'm not saying this is what you meant. But if I'm putting it together the way I just heard you say it, like we gave them a platform, and once they got mainstream, they left us behind. Like they just completely left us. To an extent. Is that... I mean, like, okay. Okay, let's look at it from this standpoint. Because you have some that obviously you do have to look at, you do have to embrace as you get bigger some mainstream publications. But look mm-hmm. at look at Big Crit, right? If I, unless right. I'm mistaken, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New Power Magazine was the first was magazine to feature yep. Big Crit. Correct. Yep. Yeah. That's now, correct. now, how did Big Crit give back to media when as Crit got bigger, he still did. You know the quote unquote smaller magazines The lesser known publications Hell our outro for the Middleman talk show Was done by Big that Crit correct. You that get what correct. I mean And so that is correct. I wouldn't say that they necessarily left us I, I, I would say they had to, to Cater to well, a, a larger pool But not everybody okay. Came back let's be honest Not everybody came right. back but some of them did Right you get what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah but yeah. I say that to say, you know, when we search, particularly in media, for this this validation, like I remember when I was mm-hmm. still performing with my group, you know, the first radio station to put us on, the first two radio stations to put us on, as a matter of fact, were black-owned. Uh, mm-hmm. WJZD in Gulfport, Mississippi, and WKXN in Greenville, Alabama. And WKXN in particular was the first not only to put, play our record, but they were the first to put us in a regular rotation. For whatever reason, everybody was like, oh, man, but y'all still got to get on Hot 105. Y'all still, I'm like, for what? I mean, we right. will still try, <laughs> but we got we got a black-owned station that's showing us love. That's real. And, and there's not a lot of politics to it. So you know what? I'm going to ride with them because they played us first. They put us in a rotation. They gave us our first feature interviews like – you, you gotta like you, but everybody's like, well, you know, Hot 105 is bigger. Hot 105 is bigger. Okay. And how many meetings did you get in there? How, how right. many how many local artists are on regular rotation? Right. How many how many of them Me. are not just right. requested once a week on their local show? And I'm not saying that to this Hot 105. I actually work for Hot 105 uh, for Hot 105 later, but it's still a situation where our platforms put us on first and so who am I to say that that is not quality yeah that is not you, you so mm. we have to make a conscious effort as consumers and as it, now there is an onus on us as content creators to put out the best yep. type of content possible well you know something Nick, you said, I mean the, the most powerful part of what you said was just actually you know I agree with you. We definitely had to put out the best product, the best content that we have. I like what you were saying earlier, how the they, just the consumer, how they look at black media. 
opposed to mm-hmm. you know other media other media outlets because the biggest part of it all is you know we're starting from a point without the capital that our competitors may have mm-hmm. because you think about it a lot of black owners yeah. shout out to Anthony Cologne you know what I'm saying a lot of black owners are actually putting monies out of their own pockets to start these publications and they also putting a lot of money and time and effort to building them up. So when they do get mm-hmm. to a certain point, they do get to a certain quality, we still have to overcome that whole aspect of thought process where, like you said, you don't look like this. Yours don't sound like that. Your show, because like we at we the Middleman Talk Show, we faced the same thing. Because the first thing yep. we were doing when we first started out, the first thing everybody wanted to find out, what radio station can I listen to you guys on? Yeah. Can I go to my regular local quote unquote big station and right. you guys? We're a little bit ahead of the curve. I know this now. But at that time it was frustrating because we're like, man, we got good content. We got great mm-hmm. shows. You know what I'm saying? We got awesome everything. I feel like everything we had at that point was awesome. It still is awesome. But because the actual consumer was put in the mind state of if you're not on regular radio, terrestrial radio, you're not a real show. And this changed our focus. We started chasing that. If we're being completely trained, like, like, you know, we're always honest with our listeners. And that's one of the things that threw us off. Because of that, we started chasing that. We started looking to see, okay, how can we get on terrestrial radio instead of really digging in. But if you mm-hmm. turn around, everybody who was on terrestrial radio at that time, now what are they doing? They're doing podcasts. Internet, they're doing digital podcasts. shows. Yep. Right. You know, everything that we were doing in 2008, 2009, when everybody was like, well, I want to listen to you here. Now, in 2020, they're all doing that now. Now it's the popular thing. That's correct. To, to have the podcast or to have the, 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 the digital talk show. So it, it's funny, you know, and unfortunately, you want to listen to your consumer base, but sometimes your consumer base can get you distracted from your original vision. And now, and now also too, like we're on the same platforms as them as well. Like mm-hmm. we're on iHeartRadio, <laughs> we're on like all those different other internet stations that you can find us on. We're on the podcast app on your iPhones and Android. Like we're on the same platforms as well too. So, but next we need to move into like the relevancy. Like, is black media still relevant in today's society? I would say yes, because with all the platforms that we have now, with all the information that we need to be putting out now, we need to be supporting black media. We need to find, like, the source of our community so we can hear, uh, you know, news being presented to us in a non-biased way that, you know, that we can relate to, that gives us what we want, like... Um, like, of course, we can all go to, like, different stations now. Like, you know, of course, CNN is going to report what they want to report. Of course, mm-hmm. we all know how Fox News reports things, right? So, but mm-hmm. the the standpoint of being able to say that you own your particular, like, platform. Like, right now, we're using another platform for our show. So, like, how can we get... Black media to the point to where it is a higher level of re- of re- relevancy. I think that's the question I would like to ask. Man, if you figure that out, and I know it's possible, but if we figure that out, that would open up the door for everything else that's out there. You know what I mean? Education, mm-hmm. buying cars, every aspect. Black farmers, like we we talked about that on I mean, a couple of shows. People don't even still know about black farmers. <laughs> 
So I mean, right. if you open right. that door up, yeah, we would we would actually be able to open up the the problem that that vexes our community is the lack of knowledge, and that's the big part of it right there because we don't know how to, how can you stay relevant when people don't even know you're relevant, right? Or the quit when they oh say God. things like, "Oh man, they don't talk about our stories." Well, think about where you're consuming. Let let let's think about it this way. There are let, let's let's just take TV for example. We were just talking about the DNC earlier, right? Mm-hmm. There are ten black networks. I'm I'm gonna try to name them off the top of my head. BT, BT, yep. her, TV One, uh, Clio TV. Black News Channel, Own, Revolt, Bounce, Aspire, and of course I'm forgetting the last one. I, the last one is escaping me. But okay, All right. which one of those covered the Democratic Convention last week? None. <laughs> See, there are ten black ne- <laughs> black owned or black targeted networks. But you know what? None I, of them I, covered I, the DNC. In, in defense of them. In defense of them, they it's like okay they they own their they own their entity, but they still have to go through somebody to broadcast. It. So what if it was a situation where they didn't let them broadcast it? So okay, so this oh, is this yeah. is where independent independent black media comes into place because that's the category we that we're in, right? Yep. Yep. Independent independent black media to. That I can think of off off the top that did cover the DNC last week, Roland Martin and Tim Black. They're independent owned. Yep. Mm-hmm. Independent black media, right? So it's one of those things where again, they got to go to somebody, and they got to get permission. Yep. And yep. got to sign away. Then they got to get they got to get the budget. Then they got to get the time, and then and then once they do it, it, it's the same way where it's like, oh, okay. During the debates, no mm-hmm. black media mm-hmm. hosted mm-hmm. a debate for the DNC, for for the for the Democratic primaries or the Republican primaries. None. That's crazy. So we had we had and no clue. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Not one single debate, but we mm-hmm. want them to talk about our issues. Yeah. But they don't have to talk because we are we are considered we're considered added value, right? They think they look at the demo like I I, I can remember a time when I was selling radio, where many of my coworkers would leave selling radio <laughs> and then start their own local agencies, right? So you had a plethora of black advertising agencies. At the time, this was like 2005. At the time, you had major advertising agencies. They weren't really thinking about us, right? You had white dollars. Mm-hmm. You had you have mm-hmm. white dollars, multicultural dollars, and black dollars, right? They were concerned yep. about the white dollars. Then multicultural, multicultural dollars, and we've always driven the culture. Multicultural and black dollars got merged. So you had white and then multicultural. And then all of a sudden, right. white was like, well, let's absorb this because they are consumers in a way that we need people to consume. And so then it went from being, well, I don't have to, to advertise on TV1 because 
I can advertise on VH1 because VH1 got Love and Hip Hop and VH1 got Charm School and Flavor got of Love. Got all the shows that they all, watched. And, yep. you know, these are things that black folks watch. But y'all know, mm-hmm. like I know, the way that we consume black media is not the same way we consume other media. Like, yeah, we, we right. watch Love and Hip Hop, you know, we, we but we don't watch We TV the way we watch BET. True. Do you get what right. I mean? And so it's just oh, yeah. it's a disconnect. It, it, it's a disconnect. And so and then because they generally will price out black companies, where it's like, dude, I cannot afford. When, again, when I was selling radio in 2005, we were selling uh, radio spots for, uh, at, at a minimum of forty-five dollars a spot. So if you got a fifteen to thirty-second commercial, it's like I'm literally paying almost fifty bucks for fifteen seconds. Well, dang, how am I going to really make an impact on radio? Because I don't really That's have real. the budget to compete. That's real. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm Nick mm-hmm. Eaton's tax service, how am I going mm-hmm. to compete with the advertising dollars of H&R Block you in can't. the way that these media... You get what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of hard to even just wrap your mind around how much we have to do to make our media or our situations relevant to our general public. Like you said, Nick, the way we consume things is so different than so many other people. We're not just monolithic and consuming things. I just right. wish there was a way, like Al was kind of getting around to it, but I wish there was a way that we could get our people to listen to things. Because that was a time, like you said, with the Chicago uh, uh, the Chicago newspaper, Nick. That, that the right there yeah. caught everybody, the, the defender. It caught everybody's attention around the nation because it was one of the only means of that information being transferred around the country. There was another one mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think it was out of Philadelphia or one of the Northeast. They did uh, the same thing. The Pittsburgh thing. Courier. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. when you had these different publications having the focus and having the, the, the attention of our people, it became so so powerful. It became so relevant to our people that others looked at it. Like you said, Nick, you can go to jail for just having that paper. Right now, we have so many means of getting our information, our phones. We get mm-hmm. information. Even with, have y'all seen the cars with the billboards on them? I mean, dude, this mm-hmm. information is so easy to access now. And the thing about it, you can get lost in the shuffle. Um, but at the same time, when you have something that's meaningful to your people, that's meaningful to 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 your 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 growth. How can right. you get it to people that actually have them consuming? I I think it's a mentality switch. Uh, you know, I'm actually reading a book right now about the yeah. Chicago Defender. I'm actually reading a book about the Defender now. And and what's funny was when you talk about we talked earlier about the quality, and in terms of the quality. Um, you know, we didn't have the printing presses then. We didn't have access to the printing presses. They printed those newspapers back in the day on the presses that churches had that they printed their programs on. I want you to think about that, right? It's like they did what they had to do. And no, it didn't look right. the same as the New York Times and the L.A. Times That's and right. all that. But the, the, the information was still, yep. was still essential. You know, if, if, yeah. if our grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents would have been like, oh, man, I'm not reading the Chicago Defender, man, because it, it doesn't look like this the, the newspaper that's in my local t- 
town, then you mm-hmm. would have never had the great migration to Chicago and St. Louis right. and, and Detroit. You get what I mean? So that's something that we got to mm-hmm. get over. It's particularly when we're in this digital age now and you do have a bit of a lower barrier of entry where you can put out a quality product to everyone, we just we got to get over that stuff. Everything's not going to look like CNN, and that's fine. Why are you worried about if it looks like CNN? CNN's not telling the stories that we need to have told in our communities to begin with. So yes, why do you exactly. even care? And that's, exactly. the, and that's the mindset, man. It, it, it's the whole visual concept of it, like the whole materialization of something. Like it has to look a certain way. But like you said, Nick, like the information and the quality should be, you know, what we should want. <laughs> but is that necessarily the case? No, no, not really. Because you you identify 10 networks, right? And I guarantee maybe probably out of those 10 net, networks, probably the majority of us probably only maybe watched maybe three or four of those particular networks. And that's just being well, that's, real. So, but, but that also. Am I, go ahead, go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry. Can y'all hear me? Um, hey, this yeah, is Jen. Yeah. Um, but I think that you know we're we're past the point of getting people to come and say, oh, you know, come over here to black media. Oh, come over here. You should think this one is just as good. We, right. we we're not at that point yet. We need to start thinking about how do we infiltrate. I think Nick, you just said, you know, it's a mindset thing. We need to come from mm-hmm. the attack of where do we attack um, the mindset of our people to change the trend. Um, we're in a trend setting, uh, influencer setting, um, you, you know, society rich. now. You know, <laughs> look how you know influencers from Instagram, from Facebook, they control the narrative, especially for a lot of young people. You know, before, you know, prior to our time, you had people like Harry Belafonte, you know, you had people that were stars who were socially conscious that were black, that mm-hmm. led the charge and the trend setting of what black people should look at, what movies or what media we should be going to. It's time to start demanding our influencers and the people that influence society, and especially young people, especially people of color, to start to appeal to them to make it cool to look at the black media outlets, to make Roland Martin a household name amongst young people. Um, I think we're, we're in that battle to change the mindset, and until we do that, we can have it as many networks as we can, but if the influencers mm-hmm. and the appeal is somewhere else, it's, it's just a mute point. Uh-huh. Well, and it's that, but I also think that it, you know, the money does play a large part into it. Yeah. And, and, and it does coincide with yeah. the, the influencers. I was uh, just, I was looking at a video the other day. Um, you guys are familiar with PragerU, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the entity behind you know your people like your Ben Shapiro's and your Candace Owens. Um, Prager, you yeah. got seven million dollars to start over the course of two years. Prager, you raised forty-five million dollars. Wow! Right from all of these right-wing billionaires. And, and, and some, yes, yeah, some small donations and everything, but largely due to like those billionaires, like that. It, it's the it's the age old issue when it comes to black business in general uh, of access to capital because access to capital does mm-hmm. get you in front of some more people. It does get you some because yeah. those influencers who built their channels, you know what they they want to be compensated for bringing people over. You know, it's not it, it's not even just a 
it's not even so much the mindset of, of of being conscious about it. You know, a lot of them just don't have that connection to say, yo, let me just let me make sure that this is important. Let me do this. You get what I mean? And and then we're so eager to do it for somebody else. Like, I was looking at some numbers the other day, and when you look at somebody like DJ Vlad, Vlad has made oh, ten, $10 million yes. off of yes. his channel. Vlad doesn't have yes. a big set. Nobody ever questions the quality of Vlad's content. He doesn't have a big he doesn't set. Even he have a, a stool. He doesn't have a studio. He, he doesn't have a studio. He rents. He's got a backdrop on the stool. <laughs> Man, listen. Corey, Corey Holcomb said some of the realest things I ever yes, heard about sir. DJ Vlad. I don't get, I don't want to chase the rabbit, but if you just search that, you yeah, will say that for the picture of Corey Holcomb yes. talking about DJ Vlad. You'll be like, wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I mean, here mm-hmm. you had this. You've had this guy that he's used short clips of what people said to to go viral. That sown division between our community, mm-hmm. and it's like. And, and and but but we still but that's we, why I have his channel blocked on YouTube. Sorry, but we can't we can't <laughs> say anything um, against another population without us getting censored. But he'll but he he can run off and say anything. Other people on this platform can run off and say anything, but we can't say anything in reference to being censored. So like I want. So I want to go into the conversation of platform growth. Like, we need a platform. We need something in which we can control. Because as of right now, you know, of course, Byron Allen was attempting to try to purchase more avenues for us, right? But a lot of the platforms that we see that are put in front of us are not necessarily owned, you know, by us. And if we say something against their particular protocols, I guess we can get them. Correct. Yeah. So we say something too crazy. Blog talk shut this whole thing down. Yes. (laughs) But but we have to. You know what's what's funny about our people? We still have the mentality where, you know, and I think this this is not about our people. I think about this is what's happening in our country now. Is that everyone Mm -hmm. tries to operate off a 20th century mentality when we're in a 21st Mm -hmm. century world. You have people look yep. at Facebook. Facebook didn't exist, you know, or you know, yep. in nineties and in the early two yep. thousands, some kid in a dorm room invented it. We need to mm-hmm. invent our own thing, something that is new, that is, that is trendsetting, and invent our own platforms, and then we control the narrative. Until then, until we look for these old structures or already structures that are in place and look for solutions mm-hmm. there, we're always going to come with the same answers and come up with the same um, type of uh, – we're met with the same um, voices that hold us back or don't let us say things. We need to be inventive and start thinking of our own ways and new and cool inventive ways and come out to the forefront and control it then. And now what is different about when we have as as black people invented things in the past, now we have a lot of resources and backing where we as a people can maybe stop them from stealing so much um, as they did before and, and steal things. Look at Facebook and Black Planet came out around the same time. And look how we just, one just died. Man. Man. And when Black Planet was hot. That hurts. Man. When Black Planet was hot, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah I'm I had on. a couple dates off Black Planet. I had like everybody in my dorm had dates off oh, Black Planet. <laughs> I mean that, but you know, Jen did say something real powerful. My thing is this: I'm not, I'm not as educated on the FCC as I want to be. But the thing is, if we did start our own media or medium to carry our media, how do we go mm-hmm. go around getting past the government? Because the thing is, they own. Not the government, but those, y'all know who what I'm saying is they. Yeah. They yeah, own yeah. all the structures that we can use to put the information out. So how do we Whoa. go about starting from the ground up and building those communication lanes to be able to do that? Well, let's think about it from this standpoint, Kev. So you've got, and, and we did want to let everybody know that uh, the phone lines are open. If you guys want to get in on this conversation, please, by all means, give us a call, 516 516- Three eight seven one five four two. Press that number one, and we'll get you in the conversation. Um, but one of the things I, I wanted to talk about, yeah, there are things where you have to go through. You, you still have to go through government regulations if something is, you know, regulated by the FCC. You still have to go through that, but you still own the platform. So there, there's nothing that anyone is going to be able to just do free and clear. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. There's, but we drive the culture so much. Like most people don't even realize that YouTube was started because of Janet Jackson and the whole Nipplegate thing at the Super Bowl. That was the inspiration because of because people were trying to search to where to to see where they could actually see it. The whole Nipplegate thing. That is what started YouTube. And when you look at YouTube being one of the largest uh, search engines and media entities on, on the planet right now, it's amazing how much we drive the culture. But you have to look at new media. Um, you have to look at the new media platforms and how to get them from a development standpoint, right? So when you look at your OTT platforms like Netflix and Hulu and things like that, we actually have platforms that have that. Bob Johnson has Urban Movie Channel. Um, you've got Quelly mm-hmm. TV. Uh, there's another one mm-hmm. that I was just yep. uh, listening to the other day. And so we have to elevate those platforms because a large part of it is, again, you have to have the subscriber base. Because they have to be able to license the type of content that we want to see. Because right. if, if you can't license the content, then you're not going to get the eyes on the on, on there so that you can get the revenue to produce your own content, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. Quelly TV, which as much as I love Quelly TV, Quelly TV is filled with a bunch of uh, independent documentaries. And while I love that, I personally love that, I don't want to watch that 24-7. You get what I mean? But if we don't have enough yeah. eyes and enough people subscribing, which is why I say every week on this show, support black media, do pay $5.99 to get Quelly TV. You get enough viewers there, they can license more content for us to see the things that we do like, the nostalgic stuff that we like, you know, and then they can have the money to produce their own original content. You know, it's, 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 it's not... It's, it's not that difficult a thing it's not in in its inception it's not that difficult a thing but you have to have the support I agree I think we got a caller that would like to get in on the conversation Uh, Kev you want to bring in our caller Deborah from Chicago this is Deborah from Chicago hey um, I am really enjoying your conversation I'd like eavesdropping um, yes, on ma'am. what you're talking about And um, I spent the bulk of my career um, In advertising at, at black agencies As a media director yes, So I have um, a really soft spot For a lot of what you're talking about I've seen the challenges 
and I could, we could spend the rest of the afternoon talking about the challenges of black media and what they face. But I will tell you the biggest issue I had was getting people to collaborate. Mm-hmm. That was mm. the the biggest issue, getting small, you know, black media companies to work together to create something bigger with more eyeballs or more listeners so that they could command more advertising dollars. And to this day, that is still um, a big issue, you know, getting people to to work together so that um, everybody can benefit. You know, 20% of of 10 million is a whole lot better than 0% of, of, you know, of of nothing. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and that, that was... And and I've worked at the two at two very large agencies, you know, black agencies on big accounts. Yes, ma'am. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the amount of time I spent trying to help black media get ready and get in position to be able to get advertising dollars, and um, I was successful with that a large part of the time. But very often, the biggest challenge was getting people to work together and collaborate. And the other challenge was, and, and you all talked about this a little bit, um, is getting them to understand what was coming around the corner and be ready for it. Yes, so that whole digital mm. thing, um, somebody mentioned um, about, um, you know, where 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 um, audio is now, everybody's doing podcasts, and you all were you know doing online radio shows back in twenty in two thousand five. But just getting people to understand what was coming and that they had to be ready for that. You know, right. not they didn't want to give up print. They didn't want to walk away from you know printing a newspaper and everybody's going digital. You know, and um, that was very frustrating for somebody like me yeah. who could who could see what was coming and how it was going to really impact negatively impact our community. Mm. And that's yeah. and that's where we are now. I think the title of your show today is is um, Black Media Still Important. Yes, it is. Um, even more so today, and that's that is even the reason why the collaboration piece is so important, right? Because the amount of misinformation and disparaging things about mm-hmm. our community mm-hmm. are at an all-time high, and that's Absolutely. where we really start to miss the the hubs like the Ebony's and the Jets of the world. We used to have a saying. You know, if it happened, if it was in jet, then it must be true. Um, right. And and, and and we don't, you know, and we don't have that kind of um, verification out there anymore. We you don't. know, and and mm-hmm. Facebook after after Facebook very successfully and systematically put black media out of business. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and now you know they have become the primary platform where you know black people get get news and information, and that yeah. in and of and itself today. is a travesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deborah, right. can I ask you a quick question? Um, sure. Because so, like for me, one of the biggest challenges because I think there's another portion of this. 
one of the biggest challenges I had when I was selling radio. Now I had I sold for three urban stations in Montgomery, Alabama, um, Urban Contemporary, Urban AC, and um, Gospel. The, our Urban mm-hmm. Contemporary mm-hmm. station was broadcasting a hundred thousand watts, and it was still. And, and and I know that not everybody understands wattage and everything, but please understand, a hundred thousand watts is not something that's just regular like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, particularly in the South. I had still with even that type of listenership getting the major brands to broadcast to to advertise with us was a task. It took me almost half a year to get City Trends, which is decisively urban targeted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do a big media wow. buy with us. I mean, they eventually spent like 30 grand with me, but it literally took me half a year to get that deal done. Did you find, just in your experience, that the larger brands that were just not interested in, you know, in, in black media outlets? Um, so, more to the point, they weren't interested in black consumers. Mm. Mm. Okay, mm. so, so, yeah, so, um, not, not really interested in black consumers. And for the most part, felt like, well, you know, you all are going to buy it anyway, so there's no need for us to put any, any particular um, dollars against it. And this, this is a whole other long conversation, but it circles back to something somebody mentioned earlier in the show um, about where we we put our focus and where we spend our money. Correct. But to answer mm-hmm. your question, yeah. um, unless a brand could directly see um, where this this consumer segment was was um, I- impacting their bottom line, um, they largely didn't care. You know, and and as an agency person, as a media director, I would I can tell you we had all kinds of data. All kinds mm-hmm. of data, and um, you know, and it still it still didn't make a difference a lot of the time. Or they would come up with you know all kinds of um, matrix and you know things like that to to make sure that black media couldn't meet the threshold. That's when right. you hear things like scale. When you hear them using words like scale, that's mm-hmm. code. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's code. <laughs> Mm-hmm. For you know, we only want to meet. We only want to um, include media that can deliver a certain number of of people, and um, and you know, as a, as a minimum. So yeah, and it's still going on today. I mean, you all didn't have haven't had a conversation. I don't think about total market, but that and that's a whole other issue. Right. Um, that literally just destroyed um, black media. It just literally just destroyed it. It, it. it destroyed what was left of it. Right. Mm. We do appreciate you calling, Ms. Deborah, and uh, we, we're glad that you know you had a great experience on your first time listening to us on this uh, on this station in this format. Uh, we would love to have you back on. Go back and look at some of our previous shows. We definitely have a lot of topics. Uh, that we do cover a lot of things and a lot of very, uh, very conversations that we have on this show. So we do appreciate your time. Oh, uh, listen, I found you all 
quite by accident. <laughs> I yes. was just rolling <laughs> through, and I was like, favorite. what? Wait, somebody's talking about black media? <laughs> like, if I'm going to add it to your favorite. <laughs> yes, yeah, I will, how, how did you, I will what do that. What platform did you find us on? Um, Blog Talk Radio, of all places. All right. Yeah, we we here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. I was researching oh. something else altogether different when I came across it. And um, so I'm oh, glad wow. you had the phone number posted so I could call in and add my little two cents. Um, oh, we appreciate it. Because that's where I spent, spent the bulk of, of my career um, in advertising agencies focusing on black consumers. And so black media is something I know quite a bit about. Yep. So. Um, enjoyed the conversation, and I look forward to tuning in to you guys again. All right. Well, All just right, keep listening. Let them motor go. All right. It seems like we do have another caller, guys. Uh, this is uh, Smitty calling from Arizona. How you doing there, brother Smitty? Oh, let me bring him. In. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, everyone? All right. Oh, well, Everything's man. good. Dude. How you doing? Good. Good. What you good. Today? good. Man, I'm making a pork tenderloin today. Connie garlic, but, uh, butter garlic, uh, pork tenderloin with with balsamic with Brussels sprouts and glazed carrots. But uh, that's neither oh, here nor there. But uh, yeah, that's what. Hey, I cook because women like it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, I learned that from Boomerang back in day with Eddie Murphy's character. But uh, <laughs> but y'all talk to media, right? Here's the problem, like black media, it full. This is why I always go to reparations, right? It's because media is all about on who owns the media, who controls the media. But BET, what is not hasn't been black since Bob Johnson sold it. Now the problem was with that is you got Bob Johnson. Hey, he had a right to sell it, but you got to understand legacy. NBC ain't selling to no black person. Why would any white Why would any white media company pay black people? To speak against white interests doesn't make sense. Mm. We not. have to because we have to own and control. I mean, even if it's just a YouTube channel, something to get out through the media because people don't watch the news on TV. They watch the news via internet, Twitter. Get the news on Twitter. People post mm-hmm. posts on there. You, you get your sports stuff quick on Twitter than you do on the on, on like TV. That's why sports yeah, mm-hmm. dying. And so you have, plus you have to have people who are willing to speak it in public, people who are willing to fund it. And that, it all boils down to the finances. And also people yep. that who got to be honest with it because no fluff. You have to just be complete and honest and not afraid of making people mad. Hey, black folks get mad at Fox News all they want. But guess what? Where's all our turn? They're making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can exactly. we can boycott we can boycott Best Buy all we want, but what's the black Best Buy? You got no alternative. You have to go back. So yep. we have to have our own media where and it, it could be however we can do it. That's why I always go back to like I said reparations, where you get what you we could provide fund our own media. And I say this, I forgot what the Radio Act was that Bill Clinton signed. I forgot what it was. You guys probably know what I'm talking about, and it killed black radio stations. Smaller stations. Was it tune in? I forgot what it was, but 
it, it was like it, a piece of legislation he signed. It was a and, Telecommunications um, Act of uh, 96. Yeah. And it, it allowed for uh, media cross-ownership. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially, it's, it's antithetical to the, the theory of monopolies, which is where you ended mm-hmm. up getting mm-hmm. these large capitalism. conglomerates uh, coming in and swooping up a lot of, yeah, swooping up a lot of these smaller stations. But I got to yep. push back just a little bit, Smitty. I got to push back on that. When when Bob and Sheila Johnson sold BET, they sold it for $2.3 billion, right? Um, so let's think about it this way. BET probably made more black millionaires than any other single entity uh, in the history of this country. Like, let, let, let's, let, let's start there. It also funded the, the other ventures that they have, even though Bob and Sheila Johnson split – you know, he still has um, RLJ, which owns UNC. You know, he was able to buy the Charlotte Bobcats. Sheila Johnson built a string of salamander, uh, was it, uh, salamander hotels and resorts. I mean, and, and they put a, and, and these separate companies all from this sale elevated a lot of black professionals, people that were not getting those C-suite positions in other companies, and they were able to go to these companies and actually thrive there. So I get it. I think the problem is we got a we got a lot of media companies, but I think the thing that we're missing is mergers and acquisitions, and and, and that's a that's the portion of it. If if, I, if I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and there are five black websites in Atlanta that that have similar targets, why would you not merge those into a larger entity where you now have mm-hmm. a board, where you now have a sales department, where you now have marketing? Where you now have content production and just pool all those resources. Uh, much to Deborah's point earlier, uh, just about yep. the black media companies working together. Working because together. It's not just about having the companies. You also have to have to, you know, the, the distribution to it. TV is phasing out, and we've been phased out of TV so long that that it, it's it's laughable at this point. But. I do agree with you where we do have to fund. We have to fund, which is why I always tell people, look, support black media. There's a reason that I give money to ben, uh, Benjamin Dixon every month for his podcast and his YouTube show. There's a reason that I give money to Roland Martin every month for his – because they are telling stories that are relevant to me and my people, and I want to make sure that they're able to still produce that content. This is not easy. It is not yeah, easy. Right. Yeah, and one thing though, and it's like one, me and Roland Martin get along as much as Tom and Jerry did, you know. But uh, but hey, he has the right to have the stuff, and I'm not, I'm not hurting that. The Lord knows, don't ever question him about Democrats on Twitter. Good Lord, I got attacked. But anyway, uh, but you're right, and you know, and I think what happens is is that well, our community is like okay, I think a lot of times we don't look at things as a business business like business sense when it comes to this stuff and we don't look long range a lot of times mm-hmm. we look at it, hey I made this but but what about this yep. like what about like okay mm-hmm. you sell to another black person they could put more black people on these shows where Nick Cannon may say something and he ain't got to do an apology tour to kiss the Jewish man's feet <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah. where you got back because yeah, and so we have no backing on that, and so that that's something I look at. It's like because I tell you right, so you remember that old wives tell that old joke they lied about Bill Cosby trying to buy NBC. That was never gonna happen. But if Bill Cosby offered NBC three billion for like just for argument's sake, they still would have sold it for two billion to the white man. Uh, yeah. You know, 
Because I mean, we saw that happen because, with Tribe Called Quest with their. I mean, yeah, Tribe Called Quest with their. Um, no, De La Soul with their um, yeah. discography. Like they, 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 they presented the same amount of money, or excuse me, a lot more than what they were like they were actually offering. But they sold it to you know Tommy Boy for less. Sold to this mm-hmm. Yeah, and now they don't have yeah, anything. And I use, so yes, you are correct. And, and I and I use one example before I run. Like I'm a big wrestling fan. Yeah, y'all could laugh at me, whatever. But uh, no, no you, you remember that WCW WWE when Vince McMahon bought them? People don't yeah, realize, yeah. and this is what this is where the owner and control comes in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it ain't about the like the uh, owning the company. So this is what owning and controlling part is. He bought the video library, so all those matches, yep. all those segments, the music, all that, he owns it, and uh, and that. It's more valuable than say, "Hey, I buy these wrestlers," and I think that was a long game approach there. And uh, he even owned the names to those pay per views from back in the day, <laughs> you know. But he bought wow. all that, and I think that's sort of the intellectual property type of thing, where we got mm-hmm. where we got to make sure our people, where it's like he got to understand intellectual property. Saw what happened to famous Amos, you know, and the brother who made Jack Daniels mm-hmm. during the slavery days. That uh, intellectual right. property, learning that, learning that, hey, I'll take less money on the sale, but it stays on my people, so my people could still prosper. Because I still say this day, who watches BET? Who even watches BET Awards unless the new edition show come out? <laughs> you know, the No Limit uh, documentary. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yep. you remember now we had. This is why I wish that it would have stayed in black hands. We were, we're all about the same age. We had what was it was Teen Summit. He had mm-hmm, even like mm-hmm. he, he had to rap, he had to be but you also had your video soul, a black news that came out yep. that had the black news. It was all that. Now it's just ratchet stuff. Now I ain't mad at it, but there's no balance in my opinion. And, um, and I think that it was it was stayed in black hands. That would have been that way. But I, I agree with y'all was saying, man. I always enjoy this conversation, man. And you guys keep doing your thing, man. You guys have a great day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I, I I do have to say one thing in that because I know we uh, I know we're a little bit over time, uh, but I, I do have to say one thing in that, and this is why this is why distribution is important. I can't say for sure that BET would um, would be at the level it's at now had Bob and Sheila Johnson uh, kept it, because a big part of that at TV at that time was distribution. When you look at something, it, it, to me, it will probably be where TV One is right now. When TV One um, was when TV One got their deal with Comcast, uh, in order to get that deal and get that distribution, they had to give up 40% of their company to Comcast. So, oh. uh, so and, and, and dig this. So this is the crazy that hit thing. That me in the chest. 40% of their company, and then when they did the deal, the mm, deal mm, got mm. them on the next to highest tier. So you had to be paying nearly the, the, the max amount oh, yeah. for Comcast oh, service. Yeah. To get TV One, right now, this is where government comes in and interferes in this type of thing, and this is why. And I, I'm, I'm pulling this back down to uh, politics because your local elections, where you have Comcast, these cable companies go into these cities and they petition for these cable franchises, and the city councilman right. or the board of aldermen vote mm-hmm. on. Who has a cable franchise? Well, that cable franchise lasts for about five to seven years. You can look at your uh, your you can look at your uh, what's the name building. You can see where um, 
where you you actually see who has the, the cable franchise there. So what ended up happening was TV One took out a billion dollar loan, a billion dollars in debt to buy back the 40% from Comcast, which put their company at a market cap of about $20 million. This is why TV One does not have the money to produce the type of content, which is why shows like Roland Martin's News One Now, D.L. Hughley's D.L. Hughley Show, Sister Circle, all of those shows have been canceled because they literally do not have the money so they can only rely on the smaller content that they can finance and then their licensed content, which is why every time you turn on TV One, all you see is good times because that's really all they can afford to do. So there's yeah. a lot more when you're talking about owning and, and, and controlling. There's market share. There is, you know, your reachability. Revolt TV is one of those ten black networks, and Philly being one of the blackest markets in the country, you can't even get Revolt in Philly. Why? Because Comcast says you can't. Yep. Because they got the cable wow. franchise. And even though Revolt is distributed by Comcast, you still can't get it. Because they said, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're not going to carry it in Philly. We don't feel yep. like there's a, a, a demand there for remote TV in mm-hmm. Philly. Mm-hmm. Now, you tell me what kind of crap that is. So it's, it's a lot that Man, goes that into it. Man, that hit my chest. <laughs> it's, it's a lot that goes Man, that into hurts. it, which is why the, the future of it is digital. The, it, that is the future. You know, yeah. uh, we got to look at our OTT platforms. You know what? We may not own YouTube right now, but you know, you can broadcast on there. You can you can monetize YouTube. You get it takes a while, and we can probably do a, a show on our Patreon about how you can um, get to monetization on YouTube and, and alternate ways of financing. But the important thing about it is, is as the consumers, we have to financially support the platforms that tell our stories. Because the more we continue yeah. to ask for people to tell our stories, uh-huh. they're going to paint whatever narrative they have on it. Yeah. What they say is his story. Exactly. All right. go to the victor. Uh. You know what, man? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to think about. And for our future, we do have to get to the point where we can control, like you said, Nick, we have to control our story. And to be able to do that, we have to have the vehicle to put those stories in and get it out to the masses or be able to have the masses or the few in the masses that want to tell the stories, give them the means and the vehicle to put the stories out there. Right now, everything is controlled. It's a power move. Like you were just asking, everything is a power move because we don't have that power to make those type moves. Great show. Great show. Great show. Hey, um, Ma'am, uh, you want to let everybody know what we got going on, what we had going on today there, sir? I'm I'm still, like, I'm still hurt about the 40% with uh, TV <laughs> and then the $1 billion. I don't see how you, when have our people like, never, when have our people not team. have been robbed? When have our people not I been robbed? I didn't know that Please it was 40%. Tip. I didn't know you that. Know, shot, uh, man. How, how long have you been wait, in America? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I say one more thing? I know because we already over on the show. Can can I give you just one more? Because if that's gonna yeah. trip you out, when Comcast went to buy NBC Universal, they had mm-hmm. to get permission from the federal government, right? A, a merger that big, and it's, it's nothing new. That's the same thing Disney had to do with Fox. The whole nine. Right. Part of the deal was because they came under fire from people like Byron Allen. Because they did not have black 
and other minority stations. So part of the deal for them to do that was they had to they had to elevate X amount of black channels, right? This is how you got Revolt. This is how you got uh, El Ray Network. This is how you got the Africa Channel. And they did the same mm-hmm. thing to all of them. There's only one black-owned or targeted network that is on the base level where you can get Comcast service, and that's Bounce TV. And Bounce TV has mm. not been black-owned for at least four years. It's now yep. on, It went from being black-owned to then it was bought by uh, Raycom, and then uh, Gray Television got it, and now it's under CAT. And the only reason that and it's on the And they dropped my favorite show. They dropped my favorite show, Underground. Wasn't Underground on that channel? Uh, Underground was on CW. No, but that's a whole other thing because Underground was cost. The, the production of Underground was five million dollars an episode, and I'm sorry that that was a little too much. That was too much. For <laughs> it was a great show. It was a great show. Was a great five show. million dollars an episode is too much for anybody. Man, that's like, a lot. I, I, that's that's just that's just basic business. But but on, the only reason that Bounce TV is on the base level for Comcast service is because Bounce TV is also free. Like, if you go to Walmart right now, if you don't have cable, you don't have internet, you just got a TV and you got some antennas, you, get you go to Walmart, yep. you can get it, you can get your local stations and Bounce TV. That's the only reason that it's on that base level. That's it. All those other networks, everything, they were like, oh, okay, so they go back to the federal government and they're like, well, look, we're launching show, uh, a network with Diddy, we're launching a network with El Rey Network, we're launching all these networks and then they put them mm-hmm. all on the next to highest tier. So you had to pay the absolute most to get minority content. That's the type of that, that's what we're dealing with on that level, which is why I encourage people even more to cut the cord as much as you possibly can. Cut the cord. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just cut it. It's hard. I want to give y'all some it's, advice, but I might go to jail. So I'll leave that. Yeah, It's hard, you know, because. But, you know, there are some quality black shows out there, but you have to, like, you know, you were saying you have to pay for them. Lovecraft Country, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet, if you do have HBO, oh, yeah. it's so good. Please support it. It is a black sci-fi. You know, I love sci-fi. But it's a black sci-fi superhero show. It's new. It has Courtney B. Vance and um, Journey Solette in it. I love it. Y'all support it. Watch it. It comes on tonight. We, we better get paid for that. <laughs> right, cause we need it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to give up forty cents. I'm not. It's good. It's a good show. I'm gonna do a review about it for y'all because you know, uh, P Valley Patreon. doesn't come on tonight. Yeah, we'll do it on Patreon. P Valley doesn't come on tonight, so it's a good alternative. See, I haven't, I haven't watched that either, man. I, you know, now I've seen that first episode of Lovecraft Country, but I'm, I don't even know if I have a, an interest in watching P Valley. I don't know. Hey, man, yes, I'm gonna say it like this. It's good. It's a good. P Valley is good. P Valley okay. is good. I'll check it out. It, it's, it's almost I'll like they it. did a, they, it's almost like they made a series out of Hustle and Flow. It's good. It gives you that yes. same kind of energy. <laughs> Oh, man, we definitely had a great show today on the future of black media. We definitely um, discussed a lot of things. Shout-outs to Deborah from Chicago with her insights and her experience with um, working in black media. She definitely gave us a lot of uh, information. 
Um, but we did. You know, we talked about where do we go from here? You know, the relevancy of black media in today's society, which we all can agree that it is needed. We all have the platform to be able to express what we want to express and to share um, information that is credible to our community. Um, you know, we also discussed how can we put the pressure on companies to advertise with black media and the accountability that we as black consumers have towards black media. So we have to get out there and support black media, support good content um, so we can push forward so we will not have to give away 40% of our stake. You know what I'm saying? Because, Boy, I'm going to be oh thinking about that for the rest of the week. Man, mm-hmm. that hurt my chest. That hurt my chest, bro. <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of shares. That's a lot of somebody's like life work, man. That's like almost half. That is half to me. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 again, guys, if, if you're not a member of the Middleman Talk Show Facebook group, please head on over to Facebook. Please don't. Click, uh, click, click the join button. Uh, a lot of great content over there. And as always, we say it every week. We will continue to say it, and we are saying it especially loud today. Support black media. Yes. These stories yes. in particular do not get told on other platforms. Support black media. Right. And as always, I have a shout-out. You know, usually I, I do a podcast. Uh, I'm giving a mm-hmm. whole platform a shout-out today. And that is Quelly TV, which is an OTT TV, platform very similar to Hulu, Netflix. You can get it on your phone. You can watch it on your uh, your computer. And if you've got uh, Roku or, or Fire Stick, you can get it there as well. That's Quelly, K-W-E-L-I dot TV. It's only $5.99 a month. Come on, y'all. That's That's one day that you don't have Starbucks. We need to reach out to them That's and ask real. them to come on the show to talk about that. Because I've seen that. They they used to advertise on Facebook. The devil, Facebook. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they used to advertise on What's Facebook. What's on there? Like, what kind of stuff black shows. on there? A whole lot of black shows. So black content. Got, uh, it's a lot of independent shows. You've got um, sports. You've got you've got Afro-Latina. You've got um, African shows. you got a lot of Nollywood movies. A lot of documentaries. It's a lot. It's a lot on there, and I mean, they have several different. Well, I always say get the monthly. It's five ninety nine. If you do it annually, mm-hmm. it's, it's fifty dollars a year. They've got a. They've got friend zone pricing, which is it's hilarious. Uh, where you can do. They actually have a free version, you know, and that's with uh, that, that. But it's with um, advertising. So I mean, it should you get the free version, right? Post that up on our Facebook page, man, so our listeners can uh, go over to our Facebook page and click on that link because I know exactly what you're talking about. My wife loves those African movies. She loves them. Absolutely. I'm a big Nollywood fan, so, I, you know, anytime I can watch any of my Nigerian brothers and sisters, I'm on it. So so that's that's why I, that's one of the reasons I particularly mm-hmm. like them. Okay, we'll check that out. Please do. All right, so it uh, looks like next week we got our anniversary show unless something comes up and it has changed, but uh, it's like we got it. <laughs> we got it coming. <laughs> I just had to put it on. Great show, y'all. Hey, uh, shut up, uh, Smitty, man. Uh, I think frequent we, callers. We need yeah, to put a, we, we need to we need to get Smitty a cooking show on our Patreon or something. Smitty always cooking. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't deal. 
<laughs> and uh, before we go, and uh, before I hit this button to say we go, shout out to my Boston Celtics for sweeping those Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, my man Jay Kuta, uh, uh, you know who I'm talking to. Yeah, I feel bad for you, but uh, it's over now. Take it like a There we go. Yes, sports is back, but don't let it fool you. Stay woke. I ain't watching no sports. I see. Well, anybody got anything before I hit this button? Yeah. We'll see you next week. Wash your hands. <laughs> and wear a mask. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.